Hi, welcome to Pacific. 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 This is Lead the Pack. 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 Lead the Pack podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pack You podcast. Today we're going to have a very special guest. We're actually going to be speaking with Xavier Harvey, the host of this podcast, who is really the person that got this thing running. So today we're kind of switching roles and he's now in the interviewee's position. And we're talking today about athletic recruitment because I get a lot of questions as an admissions counselor about how do I become a student athlete or do I have to commit for four years? And what's the difference between all of the different options available? So hopefully today we can break that down a little bit give you some confidence as a student or family going into this process and knowing a little bit of the timeline of when and how to have those conversations. So I'd love to bring in Xavier and talk a little bit about his history with being an athlete, but Xavier, welcome to the interviewee position in the podcast. Yeah, no, definitely flipped the roles on me a little bit. But uh, yeah, thank you for having me. So, Xavier, you played football for four years at Pacific, right? I did, yep. Played football. I also played uh, rugby, which is a club sport here at Pacific. Awesome. And what was that like for you as terms of, did you enjoy being a student athlete? What was that experience like? Yeah, no, being a student athlete is super fun. Uh, I will not lie to anyone and say that it is easy. You know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of... uh, a lot of growing up just because you have to figure out how to do time management right off the bat you need to figure out how to be a good communicator with your coaches with your professors but um, immediately you're going to have a group of people on campus who you can connect with and you can bond with and you know I've made so many good friends from playing sports at Pacific um, other players coaches and even just people in the community who like watching football so it was it was a really good experience overall. Yeah, I often tell my students when they're talking about becoming a student athlete that they do have that community already mm-hmm. in place when they're starting. And it's not that they're, you know, the only new athlete on the team. Right. The great thing is you get to start with a few new athletes. You're kind of right. all in this bottom of the total pool situation together. Yep. Yeah. I think we had, I think there was 40 freshmen uh, at the same time as me, so yeah, we had a, our own little group of people who were all just trying to figure things out together. So it was, it was fun. So let, let's take it back a little bit because I know some of our students might be wondering, well, how do I even get to that point? How do I even find information about being an athletic recruit? Because I know that you've gone through that process and I actually went through that process myself in high school and going into college, I played lacrosse. My situation's a little bit different from you. I didn't quite make it to being a student athlete. Right. So we can dive more into kind of the differences in trying out an athletic sport and then not continuing with it. So when you were in high school, did you know that you wanted to play football in college? Yeah. Did you have that idea already? Yeah, yeah. I was pretty I was pretty dead set on playing. Um, you know, I was not a division one heavily recruited guy or anything like that, which we had plenty of dudes at my school, uh, people in general at my school um, who were so you know, if you're not getting recruited by every single school in the nation, um, then some of the recruiting kind of falls back on yourself. Um, 
I think Mm -hmm. one thing I did was just go try and figure out what type of school I even wanted to be at. I think that's the first thing because when you're a division three athlete, um, you're really a student first and you're an athlete second. Not that they're not at D1 and D2, but truly at division three, you're a student first. Um, so I think a big thing was, let me at least find a school that I like. Do I even have other schools in this area that I would even want to go to if football ended like today? So I think that was like the first big step for me. Um, yeah, and sort of realizing that life outside of the sport can be, where do I want to wake up every day? Do I want to be in the rain? Do I want to be in the sun? Am I willing to go to a school with snow? Exactly, exactly. Realizing that all of those pieces will play into who you are as a student athlete. Yeah, and I mean, and then the next step is basically you need to go and do some, you know, self-advertising yourself. Um, I think I had a, basically I had a website that I was, able to connect with a bunch of schools, pretty much every single school in the nation. And you can basically send the coaches emails. Um, you can um, send your film, but you realistically, if you're not being heavily recruited, you need to go advertise yourself as much as you possibly can. So make sure that you can find, you know, copies of your film or um, statistics, things like that. And then just go blow up every single coach in the nation, every single coach you want to play for I, I was probably so annoying I think just being proactive in your own recruitment is going to go a long way for people who aren't you know getting every single school in the nation coming to their house and things like that right division three I often tell my students you get to be involved as much as you want in the process mm-hmm. yeah whether it's talking to coaches before you even apply to see if you like the team dynamic if you like the sports facilities to okay, now I'm admitted. Do I actually want to play the sport? Now I'll talk with them. Yeah, exactly. Talking about yourself athletically is, is probably, it's really hard. So this might say like, I don't even know what I do, but I don't know what my strengths are. So how did you find out what your strengths were and how to talk about yourself as an athlete? Cause that's different from talking about yourself academically or like right. in other settings. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I was lucky to have um, parent my my dad. He played sports in college, and you know, he set really good um, realistic expectations for me coming mm-hmm. out. So I think you know, truly starting to understand who you are as an athlete, and this pr- probably should start as your junior year, whenever you start playing varsity sports in high school. Mm-hmm. Be realistic about who you are, what you're capable of, and what your limits are, because I think you know it was very obvious to me that I'm not. Six five. I don't have a um, four five forty times, so I I knew that I wasn't going to be a Division one athlete pretty early, but I knew where I could compete. So I started to make sure that like you know I understood who I was as an athlete, and I wasn't trying to be someone else. I wanted to be me, and I also you know wanted to make sure that um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I was always being authentic to who I was, so that when I did get into a conversation with a coach, it, I wasn't lying about it truly being honest about these are the things I'm good at these are things I'm not good at this is what you guys need this is why you should want me Uh, be be brutally honest with yourself but also don't hold back there's there's it's it's okay to humble brag this is the one time I think it's okay to like kind of be braggadocious but at the same time recognize that um yeah recognize that they're talking to thousands of other kids too who are also good at their sport too so you know find the things that make you unique 
but also don't uh don't lie don't be truthful because at some point you're gonna have to go up to campus and prove all the things that you said oh definitely yeah and there's there's a piece of being able to talk about yourself and then being able to talk about yourself well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you know your your parents or your support networks they could brag about you all day and I often say okay talk to them ask them what they see in you and then because comfortable with what you hear and be able to express that and show that because you're right you could explain all day what you're really good at but make sure it's something that you can prove you Mm. know on the court or out on the field yep eventually eventually the pads are gonna have to come on so you're gonna have to back (laughs) up everything that you were talking about in the recruiting process yeah they're gonna know real quick yep (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's, that's kind of what happened to me is that I was a, looking at a, one school in particular to mm-hmm. attend. They just so happened to have a women's lacrosse team. Right. And the coach for that team was at one of our games in high school mm-hmm. and was there to see another player and found out that I was admitted as well uh, as mm-hmm. to this to the school I went to. Mm-hmm. Basically offered me a spot. So Mine was like kind of serendipitous, but once I got there, right, I really didn't know, right? I I didn't have a conversation about what I was good at, right, right. On the team. So when I arrived, it was, it was like, whoa, yeah. this is like not what I thought it was gonna be. I didn't know that like you guys were really good. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna make sure that the coaches. Um, the coaches know who you are. And I think that was what was so cool about getting recruited at Pacific is um, Coach Falconer, who's now the head coach, he was my recruiter. Um, I'm from the Sacramento area, so that's kind of where he used to – I don't know if he still has that, but that's where he was. And, you know, he came up and met me at my school. He met my parents. Um, I think he just happened to be in town during my birthday, and he, like, came by <laughs> my house. Like, he actually hey. knew who I was, and I got to build – that relationship with him um and even though he was never my actual coach on the field he was an offensive guy I was a defensive player even when I graduated you know we still had that relationship and we still do now and I think that was really cool so that when I did like you were just saying when I did get to campus he could vouch for me he already knew what type of player I was he knew um you know things I was capable of so when I wasn't living up to those things he could also call me out on that too and I think that was super important just building a good relationship with the person you're talking to. And I think our coaches do just a really good job of getting to know the players on a more interpersonal level. The fact that, uh, the fact that they want to get to know the family, you as a person, but then you also on the field, I think that was like super important. Yeah. They're really quite personable and they often will share things about students with me before I know the student. Mm -hmm. Just they'll give me like a laundry list of, you know, this is like all the things about them where they live where they go to school how many siblings they have all these pieces right because they know the student it's not just hey man here's their times right because that i can't do much with that (laughs) what questions would you recommend any student who is considering athletics in college what questions do you recommend they should ask these coaches these recruiters yeah i think I think it's a good question to ask about resources outside of the sport. Um, mm-hmm. Resources in the sport too, 100%. But 
I mean, kind of backtracking a little bit, you're a student athlete. You're, you're going to, you're here to get your education first. Uh, and I think recognizing that not all schools are created equal. Some schools are truly going to harp on the fact that you're an athlete, you're an athlete, you're an athlete. And some schools aren't. I think Pacific balances it pretty well. And I think uh, recognizing that I'm only going to be on the field in the fall or I'm only going to have my season after that, I'm just a student. So I need to you know, make sure that there's other things that I like about the school. So don't be afraid to ask um, about other things that have nothing to do with sports. Um, and then in terms of in terms of actually playing, ask them about the depth chart. Ask them about what does it look like in terms of me getting playing time. That was a big piece. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a good quality of me, but I didn't want to sit in the bench. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to watch you play. I want to play. Um, so I think I had the you know, I had a solid expectation that I probably wasn't going to play a lot as a freshman. Um, I got in a little bit, but not a whole lot. But as a sophomore, I was like, I want to be competing for a starting position. And that's what they told me. Um, I was asking mm-hmm. them a lot. And there's some schools that I chose to not go to simply because I knew their starter when I was in high school was a freshman. So that guy is going to probably be starting for four years. Um, mm-hmm. or sophomore. So I already knew um, which schools I even had an opportunity to get on the field early. So I think that's a good question of just recognizing, um, one, recognizing that there's other things to the school. Um, and then two, you know, are you going to play? Is this a place where you're actually going to be able to get some time? Is there a spot for you on the team? Yeah. And do you care to play? Right. Right. I personally did. I was like, there's no, I don't know if I could sit on the bench for four years. I'm good. Well, because what was it like to make that decision? Because you had, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know a bit of your story. I know you had a few different places looking at you and yeah. you did actually have to make a decision. Yeah. And I think, you know, you go to, so you're right. I had a couple schools, nothing crazy, but, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to go on some visits and, you know, I think I visited four or five schools. Pacific was actually the last school I visited. So you go to the school, you meet the coach, they show you your locker. They say, this is your jersey. They show you the field. Isn't that cool? You go to the next school. This is your jersey. This is your locker. This is the field. Isn't that cool? The next school is the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And you, I don't know. I kind of just got, it got repetitive and it just didn't make me really feel special. Um, yeah. And like I said, Pacific was the last one that I visited. And it was truly the only school that like took interest in me outside of my sport. Um, they cared yeah. about what I wanted to study. I met with a professor. I met with um, one of the admissions counselors, Donna Bar- Ramos-Barsana. Um, you know, I was able to actually see other aspects of the school. And I felt like they cared about who I was as a person versus just who I was on the field. So to be honest, it was stressful up until I visited Pacific. Once I visited Pacific, I think I left the admissions office and either texted or called one of my parents like within seconds of leaving that office saying, this is where I want to go to school. So it was hard up until then because I, I didn't feel special. I didn't feel like they wanted me for anything else. Um, and I didn't know any better yet, so it, it made it difficult. But once I came to Pacific, it was actually really easy just because of the fact that man, these people cared about me. I know that if something happened and I never got to play football again, I knew I was going to be taken care of. And I think that that went a long way for me. Yeah. Many families talk about fit mm-hmm. when you arrive on a campus or when you meet with that professor, or let's say you meet some of the other teammates. 
I know oftentimes students at Pacific are eager to talk to these prospective students because this is who their team's going to be, right, over the next couple of years. So meeting those team needs really can give you an idea as well. So not only seeing like the facilities and meeting the coaches, but also those teammates because that's the community as well. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And you want to make sure that, yeah, like you said, you want to make sure that it's a good fit in all areas because you're not only going to be with your football team or your baseball, softball, volleyball, whatever that team is, you're going to have to interact with other people, especially at Pacific. Like you're going to meet everybody at the school. So you you better like everybody. (laughs) You better be in a situation where you're like, okay, these are people that I could see myself spending time. Right. Because we don't have athletic housing. You could room with a teammate for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to be absolutely mixing with students from other sports, students who are not interested in sports at all. So you're on campus, you are a student athlete, you're navigating, making friends on the team, having that community, but also this, this campus community, this academic community. So you touched a little bit earlier on this balance that you have to have and mm-hmm. being to self-monitor and you are really able to do whatever you want with your time in college so kind of what advice or what was that balance like for you uh to be honest I was so bad at it in the beginning I did so bad in school my first semester just because (laughs) I didn't know I didn't know how to time manage I didn't know how to um you know you, you get when you're in college obviously I'm not going to school from eight to three and then straight to practice it's I have one class at this time. I have another class like two hours later. So I got like an hour and a half gap in between. And unfortunately, I was the kid who was going and taking naps and playing Xbox. In the <laughs> and it showed up in my grades really fast. Um, it showed up in my effort on the field as well. So I think some people are going to get it automatically. And some people you're going to have to struggle and figure out what works for you. Um, and I think, you know, the coaches definitely helped me out with that. My professors helped me out with that, of just figuring out like, okay, maybe now isn't the time to go take a nap. Maybe now is the time to go to my office hours. Maybe now is the time to go um, meet up with this kid who wants to study. Maybe it's this time because you just don't have a whole lot of free time during season. Yes, you're going to be, you're, you'll have a social life. And yes, you'll have friends outside of your sport. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that, you know, once again, you're here for school and you're here for the sport. Those two things have to be prioritized. So I think if, as long as you can, you know, start to understand yourself, when you like to work, when you don't like to work and what your priorities are, then you'll kind of get a better grip on how to balance your social life, how to balance your school life and how to balance your athletic life. But some people is trial and error. I was one, Unfortunately, I was one of those trial and errors. And some people listening to this are going to be too. Don't beat yourself up. It's normal. It's an adjustment period. It's supposed to happen. So, um, yeah, just be aware that it's a lot different from playing a high school sport in the sense of uh, your college sport is like a job. It's like a part-time job that you're not getting paid for. So you want to make sure that you're um, putting it at the top of your priority list if it's something that you want to do. Well, I appreciate you highlighting that because I am one of those stories of not being able to balance it and having to decide should should I continue mm-hmm. as a student or as the athlete right because I was first generation college student I had to work a part-time job and then I had this athletic commitment which was like you're saying a part-time job 
-hmm. time is effort you're tired you're challenging yourself right that takes a lot of time outside of just being on the field so for me it was I had to decide based off of what was important to me at the time Mm -hmm. because I did see that in my grades I did see whoa okay I don't have enough time or like mental capacity to take care of all of these things and fit it in so for me it was not to continue with the sport on a college level yeah and that happens and there's nothing wrong with that I I I don't want to I always would tell like you know other recruits when I was playing is like if you don't love the sport it's okay we have so many other things that you can do at this school but just know that if you want to play this sport and this is what's going to be expected of you right like if you want to play let's make it happen here are some things you need to know but also if you want to try it out and it's not for you that's fine too yeah because there's other ways for you to engage in that sport to continue your interest whether it's leadership skills or community Um, I ended up going and uh, becoming a coach and then I was coaching like 13 and 14 year olds yeah 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 which was hilarious yeah um, I bet that was a lot of fun (laughs) yeah a lot of sass (laughs) <laughs> and that gave me community, but it also gave me those leadership skills, which which is different from being on a team. Right. Because so we, we also have our intramural sports. So if you're competitive mm-hmm. and you just want to get together with your buddies, because did you any do any of the intramural sports? Yeah. And there were so many kids who played intramurals who weren't on a sports team or they're playing intramurals for a different sport. So like, you're right. There's plenty of ways. And then even within the intramural sports, you know, there is a competitive league and then there is a recreational league. So even if you don't play a sport, but you still want to compete at a high level, trust me, there is some ballers at the school who are going to like try to pick you up. So it's a, it was, it was cool to be able to have that outlet too. Definitely. So talking a little bit more about how do we make this happen? So some of our listeners might be really excited mm-hmm. and eager to start that process, to develop those relationships with coaches, to meet them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no matter what stage you're in, if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, whether it's the spring or the fall, um, whenever you end up hearing this, go ahead and reach out to the coaches right now. They want to get to know you. Um, they really do want to. Um, they want. They want to know who you are and start building that relationship. There's there's going to be nothing bad that comes out of you getting to know the coach um, of your sport. So I'd say personally, reach out to them with an email. Tell them who you are. Let them know where you're from, what school you go to, what year you are, what sports you play. If you have a highlight tape, throw it in there. Um, I think in terms of talking to the coaches, there's no um, there's no set beginning date. It's really whenever they reach out to you. And if they haven't reached out to you yet, it doesn't mean that they don't want you. It just means that there are millions of kids out there that they're also looking at. So put yourself out there no matter what season it is, no matter what sport you're playing. And um, let them know that you're interested so then they can start taking you seriously. So then that relationship that I was explaining with me and Coach Falk, that's when that gets to start, whenever you put your own self out there. And I have students who they have been working with a coach and then I help them, right? We get it introduced and then I help them with their application and, you know, they go through that process and then they commit. But then I also have students who are so busy applying to schools, mm-hmm. but I see in their application that, you know, they've been playing basketball for 7,000 years. Right. Do they want to talk to a coach? So when I call them and I say, hey, congrats, you've been admitted. 
I see that you're really interested in basketball. Do you want to continue that? And then I connect them with the coaches. Mm-hmm. So really it can happen, you know, whether you've applied or after you've applied. So right. know that it can happen, yeah, simultaneously in that process as a senior as well. Right, exactly. Yeah. I definitely I think I think your junior year is probably the best year for you to go ahead and get involved. But yeah, just because you're a senior, it, it literally does not mean you're too late. Um, to be honest, I didn't even I didn't even really start getting recruited by Pacific and other schools in the area until the spring of my senior year. So, you know, it, there, there's really no there's really no set dates or guidelines. The earlier, the better. And I think junior year is probably the most optimal because at this point, you probably understand who you are as a player a little more. You've played at a higher level now. You're probably on varsity. And yeah, you're going to have some film to show them. You're going to have something that they're going to find uh, interesting to watch and things like that. So there's no set time, but definitely um, as you get older, you want to make sure that you um, can yeah connect with them as soon as you possibly can. And I appreciate you giving insight into your experience as an athlete, because for many students, college level athletics can be so intimidating just as applying to colleges can be. So to hear your experience of, yeah, it is a little intimidating. It's a lot of work to reach out to those schools, but it can turn into connection and community and lifelong experiences that you can come back to and help those you know, kind of in your same shoes. 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, once it was, it was so much work and even the four years of playing, it was grinding and grueling, but uh, I would do it all over again. I had so much fun. And I, like you said, I I have a lot of connections, um, a lot of good friends, a lot of people I consider family at this point. So um, if, yeah, if I had to do it over again, I would 100% be a boxer. So. Yeah, and if you are a listener and you want to connect with any of our coaches, you can go to our athletic website, goboxers.com, and that's where you can see some bios on not only our current athletes, but also those coaches. So they put in there some information about where they played, um, kind of where they went to college. You'll find that a lot of them are Pacific alumni, so they are experts on what your experience can be like here and feel free to email them directly. So I would take Xavier's advice, follow up with a coach directly, give it a try, but also figure out through some of your people around you that support you, what you do well. Maybe it's some of those defensive skills. Maybe it's that you're a really strong leader. Find out what it is that you do well so that you can feel comfortable writing that email or having that phone call with that coach once you reach out. So Xavier, thank you for having the tables turned and being an interviewee today. I enjoy and always enjoy hearing your expertise. So thank you for joining us. And we hope to bring more tips and tricks to those students who are maybe a little bit curious or overwhelmed throughout this process. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Podcast.